Josh Gerson, your host, along with my best buddy. Bill what Hunt. up, bud? What's up, dude? Um, guys, we had a full-blown football podcast that we didn't record before this. Uh, let us know if you want to start doing that. Uh, but that's what we do in the green room. We talk football. Uh, before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us on all social platforms. Follow us on TikTok. We're popping on there, so so go check us out there at the Grounds Crew. Um, Oh, actually, no, it's at, at Grounds Crew Pod. I'm, I'm dropping. Figure it out, bud. Figure know, it out, I know, bud. I know, I know. Okay, cool. Let's rock. So, this week, the Royals unveiled their City Connect jerseys. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that right off the rip. Liked it? Hate it? Obviously, the Nationals one was awesome, so. I like, I, I pretty much all the City Connect jerseys have been good mm-hmm. to superb. Yep. Uh, a lot of teams should just change full-time to their City Connect jerseys. Uh, I agree with that. I think, too, and th- th- I, this is honestly my question as I keep putting this out, like, why is there so like you look at the NBA like they come out with like seven new jerseys a year? Why is the MLB so like cookie cutter on it still? Is it like I know it's like some level of economics? Involved. It's economics, yeah. right? And then it, it's always economics with the MLB and the and MLBPA. Mm-hmm. It's about who's getting paid. Yeah, right. In the NFL, it's a fifty-fifty split on revenue. Okay, so they they don't care. The, all the owners have opened up their books. Mm-hmm. In the MLB, the MLB owners have not opened up their books. So you don't know who's making money and who's not. Gotcha. And the owners don't want to do it because then they can cry poverty if they want to. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody can tell the difference about what's going on. Like, the athletics don't need anybody to show up to games for them to be profitable. I mean, right? so they're, like, they're already there. <laughs> so why do we care about making jerseys that you're going to then ask for a piece of the pie? And we yeah. don't want to do that. Yep. So they'll just do a couple of them to make sure they have interest in it's why the league is struggling with other areas. Yes, yeah, but Dennis, did you like them, hate them? What were your thoughts? I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love powder blue jerseys, so it would have mm-hmm. been nice to see a rendition of that. But yeah, overall, they're definitely very good. They were cool. I, I wouldn't say one to ten. I gave them like a seven. Okay, I wasn't wowed. I, I really loved the Astros jersey. I thought that was super, super cool how they did that. Um, obviously incorporating space, all that kind of stuff. But like, it was fine. I, I didn't really think it like like spoke to me about Kansas. Like it was just like a cool little like new logo. Great. Um, but yeah, that was this week. Um, and then big, big news this week. Uh, we're talking about the baseballs and they've caused a lot of problems this year. Last year, uh, there was the news came out following the season, but the MLB used two types of baseballs last season. One baseball was kind of like, uh, built a little differently. So kind of restricted flight and led to, Six no-hitters earlier in the season uh, before July 1, nine no-hitters <clears throat> total, which was an MLB record last season. And then roughly around the All-Star break, they switched them. They switched the balls to the let's-hit-homers baseballs, and then there was a ton of those. So this season, we're back to the garbage balls, and pitchers are having trouble holding them. The Mets have been hit, I believe it's 19 times or something like that. <laughs> And, that. and the Mets have been drilled three or four times in the head now. People are having trouble holding the balls, um, and people are upset about it. And Chris Bassett came out and was like, yeah. MLB doesn't care. They don't give a damn. We've told them multiple times. They don't want it. He then described it. He's like, the ball is good in the first inning. He's like, and then in the third inning, it's trash. Yep. In the fourth inning, it's okay again. In the fifth inning, it's oh, horrible. It's like there's no consistency to delivery of what any of them are. Mm-hmm. And that's an even bigger problem is you, you can't kind of get into it. 
Uh, the second thing that, that is happening this year that's different for the balls is also that all 30 teams are putting them in humidors, right? So mm-hmm. in the past, there was only 10 teams that were putting them in humidors. Now everybody is. And because well, it's like that seems broken in itself. Well, no. Well, so what, what it makes is if like if you're going to do humidor a ball, yeah, you at least we can create consistency by saying everybody should. Mm-hmm. Right. So now at least everybody has a pretty stock. This is what the balls are as soon as the game starts. Mm-hmm. Right. The challenge is, like he's saying, are the balls then degrading quicker in places where the humidor doesn't help? Mm-hmm. Right. And does that change the ball? I don't know the answer. Um, but uh, it's it's been interesting to see Mets games. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the balls. I don't know if it's that guys still don't know how to make tackiness for their hand. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the balls suck. And the reality, the balls don't suck. It's just everybody's inconsistent. Like, look at the Mets. Look, look at them. Bassett can say whatever he wants. Mets have, have, have been disgusting as a starting pitching staff. Yep. So, like, they figured something out. Um, and we talked last year on the pod that uh, Pedro Martinez did, like, a, a interview about the balls last year. Right, and how he used the rosin <clears throat> to actually create and attack. Took, and he took the rosin and he says, you got to burn it. Right? And he went like this, and then all of a sudden you could hear the stickiness of him trying to pull his fingers apart. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you saw a guy go back pick up the back? Not that often. Right? Not, Not enough. Often, yeah. I saw I, – I don't know who I was watching last night. Oh, it was uh, it was maybe it was maybe Matt's. And Matt's went behind, and he picked up the bag and kind of tossed it around for a second mm-hmm. and then put it back down. And, and, like, that's the first time I've seen somebody use the bag in forever. They got so used to doing this sunscreen thing and, mm-hmm. like, all these guys, like, figure it out, man. Yep. Yeah, I, I know for me when I was playing, like I never really had the the rosin bag available, but some kind of dirt, something something to kind of just get something on your fingers, especially in the <clears> middle <throat> of the summer when you're you're sweating bullets. Obviously, that we're not quite there yet, but like you need it. And I obviously yes, in in the last couple of years they've had other options, and those other options don't exist. I mean, Garrett, you know, actually now that I think about it, Garrett Cole definitely was using it in his last start, and he had like a dirt spot on the back where he was on on his uh, like hamstring, I guess, where he was wiping his hand off, and everyone's already coming after him like, oh what's on his back leg what is he doing but like okay watch five more seconds of the video he literally used the rosin bag yeah like, what are we talking about yeah um, again it's because it's just because he's been so bad yeah right and yep. then all of a sudden he pops off a great start and you're like mm, what is it yeah so yeah again i more guys got to learn how to use the rosin they got to go back in time to what guys were doing at one point in time before mm-hmm. spider tack and things existed mm-hmm. and just you know you just got to relearn and it's because you got everybody normalized using all these other things that people haven't learned to use what was there before. Right. Um, and then once I think we have a, an idea, because James McCann had said something about the, behind the mound should be a little zone mm-hmm. that a guy can go to, and inside that zone he can make tackiness right in front of everybody. Right. And he's like, yeah, let's put the basics there. Let's put, like, pine tar and uh, sunscreen. And I'm like, what are we, what are we talking about? Like you're gonna put a bottle of sunscreen out behind, like Jimmy. What are you? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Got to keep the Jimbo. Safe. Uh, yeah. The, the pine tar, I think, is interesting mm-hmm. because I because batters if, can use it. If batters like, are using pine tar because it helps them hold on. Like pine tar is not so tacky. Like there's obviously a point where it becomes. But if 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 you do have that out there behind the mound, that there's a pine tar rag, mm-hmm. and a guy can just tap his hands right and then rosin up. 
Yep. And now he's got it. Cool. That's all, if that's all we need, guys, then let, everybody's fair. We yep. all know what it is. It was interesting, too. Because I was putting together some clips, obviously, from the last podcast, and I was re-watching some of Garrett Cole's Houston days. His stuff was way different. Way different. Crazy. Like, the sharpness on his slider, it was like a hard left when he was throwing it. Not, not what it is today. So, it, very interesting to see the the, the change there. Um, but I also saw a tweet from Ken Rosenthal today that, like, they are looking into making a pre-tacked version of the balls so that there is no conversation of how the teams do it and all that stuff. It's yeah. already all done, set up, has a little bit of grip on it. Because I think it is, too, like, the fact that the ball is changing – Maybe the seams are different. Maybe there is an actual reason. Well, so they, they mud the balls already. Right. Right? So all the balls, like if you ever see a perfectly white pearl, you're not seeing a ball. Yep. Right? Because they put them in mud and they, they then dry them off and everything else. And there's From like a specific place in fr- Delaware. <laughs> right. Right. So like we know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm here that like they make a representative whose job is to tack the ball up. Yep. Right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, we all agree this guy's the tacky guy. And he's gonna he's gonna make the ball, and that's the ball that then gets thrown out to the pitcher for him to use. The challenge is with that mm-hmm. is like how often does a ball change? Every three pitches, I think, is the average. Right. So like, if it changes every three pitches, we gotta have a lot of sticky balls. Yep. <laughs> um, and like, I just don't know if that's <laughs> children. I just don't know if that is you know the right answer I, I really do think that we should just i like a little bit of what mccann said mm-hmm. Let, let's have a zone and, and let's have pine tar b- back behind there too yeah but i don't think we need to have the sunscreen thing i pine tar and rosin mm-hmm. let's get after it well that, that's kind of why i think too like if in the process <clears throat> the ball being made it is like at the whatever like they settle on as the neutral grip formula is added yep. that way there is no conversation of our like the balls show up and they're ready to roll and like, sure, you if you need pearl, you need pearls, you set them aside in the process. Like you you do that whatever you need to do wrongs. But like, I think that would at least make it easier for people to kind of just have a neutral ground. Like all the footballs are the same, right? Like all the basketballs are the same, and everybody knows when they're being changed and all this kind of thing. The footballs, there's there's a certain amount that you can have it inflated things like right. that. But outside of that, it's the same. Right. Yeah. Like, but it's within the parameters. Like, but everybody has within a range that you're allowed. Yep. The the challenge, but you're not allowed. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you're not allowed like sticky tacky stuff there, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. not a lot that you can really get away with there. Yep. So, that that stuff kind of goes away with it. But isn't there some type of substance <clears throat> that's added to the balls, right? Isn't does, like to make them that color for the NFL? No, no, it's not. It comes in like that dark brown. Dark okay. brown. Yeah, that's the leather. Oh, okay. I yeah. always thought that they added some, like, like whatever. Like, it started out light brown, they added something, whatever. Maybe no, the, and, and then the, the biggest difference is the uh, kicking ball is different. There's a ball with a K on it that's specifically for kicking. Okay. Right? So, the kicking ball and the and the actual More inflated plate, or something? Huh? It's, like, more inflated? It's I, it's just different. It's okay. harder. So, like, what, what players – so, this was another thing, right? The NFL went through something like this with uh, the kicker's balls mm-hmm. because a guy would mess with his ball – and you could dunk it in water and, like, deflate it and reinflate it, overinflate it, and do stuff to it. And you could make it bounce off your foot more. Okay. Right? So some guys started to just get better at messing with the ball mm-hmm. to soften it up. Right? And by softening it up, they would kick harder through it. You don't have to worry about hurting your foot. Yep. That's when you had, like, the era of really, really small shoes on all of the kickers. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, they were they – because were, it was a soft – 
Then they, they switched over, and you only get the ball for a kicking ball, I think is delivered to the kicker like two hours before the game. Okay. And that's all the time you have to rough the ball up. Gotcha. So, like, they can do something to it. Guys, like, rub it with a, a hard brush. They try to break up some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll deflate it. They'll overinflate it. They'll do things to try to soften it a little bit, mm-hmm. but still harder. And they did that to normalize that aspect. Right. Baseball, let's just do the same thing. And, again, it just comes down to it's not – I don't think it's the balls as much. The ball – the bigger issue with the ball to me is the lack of flight. Yes. Like yep. Pete, I, I'm pretty sure Pete Alonso only has one home run. Well, that's – and that's that's absolutely the conversation right now is the – I think it was two weeks ago they had a – I don't know if it was for the week or for the day. There was officially – since 2018, <clears throat> there was less home runs than stolen bases, which had – which wild, which was like a wild stat to me, but also made sense because stolen bases aren't really that prevalent right now. But home runs are clearly way down, and you're seeing guys hit missiles that don't leave the yard. But also, and 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 I feel like this is maybe it's stadium specific or whatever. But you're getting Byron Buxton still go 470. So is it is it the players? Is it the pitchers? Like I I feel like or or is the are the balls just that different? where, like, you are getting some, like, dead baseballs, and then, like, you're getting ones that are totally fine. I So each one's made by hand, right? Like, that's the, yeah, the idea sorta. is that they're stitched by hand and right. all this stuff and the creation of them. Like, I don't know how we're getting to the point that these balls are worse all the time. Like, we've had one recipe for so long. Quit messing with it. Yeah. You know, just let's, let's get back to when was a good time with the ball. Let's stick with it. Then you can develop a style of play, mm-hmm. right? Like, changing the ball all the time is just – that ain't it. Right. That ain't it. it. There's just so much tinkering with the game right now. It's, yep. it's frustrating. Um, other big news this week, talking about cheating, different things like that. The Yankees letter came out, which I know you had some, some thoughts on. Uh, <clears throat> the majority of the mainstream world was like, ah, this is whatever. But you seem to have a different opinion. No, it wasn't the majority of the mainstream world. It was okay. The initial thought. I everybody guess. in the New York media tried to downplay it. Yeah. Buster only came out and was like, his article is not as light to the Yankees as what some guys from the New York area stuff was. Mm-hmm. So the 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 big crux of it was the Yankees were in the clubhouse, watching the signs, relaying them on the phone. Out to the 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 uh, out to the bullpen, and then they were being relayed to the man at second base, so he could then tell the hitter at the plate what was going on. Mm-hmm. So it they then get got a letter that went around to the rest of the league that said, "Don't cheat." This, this is, is tw- Ill- this is twenty sixteen too, right? This is twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, well, they had been doing it 2015 through 20, 2017. Well, right, so that's why... They were why, cheating for three years. Right. Yeah, no, they were cheating for three Which years. Which was the interesting like part of it is that if they had come down harder, maybe the Astros don't well, do Well, so that's exactly do. the point, right? Yeah. Why did the Yankees, right, get let off for what amounts to blatant cheating? Right. That then the Red Sox did something identical. The Astros did something way worse. Yep. Like, the Astros, way worse, mm-hmm. right? You had you had things on that were buzzing and were letting guys y'all were cheating heavy. Mm-hmm. But let's be real, was there anything in the books that said you did you weren't allowed to have a vibrating thing in your pocket? No, because baseball is a game of cheating, right? Yep. Like it's always about how do we cheat differently than other people have so nobody knows it's happening, right? And then we win and we write books about like 
how we used analytics to make ourselves better, mm-hmm. right? That's that Astros book. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you cheated. You made the spin rates go up by giving guys stuff that made their spin rates go up. You didn't do anything differently. Uh, so my my bigger point, though, is going back, the Yankees got off of the slap on the wrist compared to everybody else. They got a $100,000 fine. Oh, yeah. They got a $100,000 fine that was given away to charity. So they were forced into making a $100,000 donation. Yeah. That's the extent of it. Yep. You cheated for three years. You got caught. We did a whole thing about it. And it's kind of been brushed under the table because it's like, eh, what are you going to do? But the reality is you go back. It's the same thing that the Red Sox lost their coach for a year for. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a, an article now about it, and it looks like the Yankees were fined the 100000 and not because of the sign stealing. It was because of the use of the phone, improper use of the phone, because they were doing the sign stealing before the ruling became official. Like, you can't do the sign you stealing. Can, they're free. You can, but that's my point. The Yankees were doing what then somebody else got popped for, right. and they got a, a slap on the wrist fine. Like, they were caught speeding. And somebody gave them a ticket instead for a broken taillight because they had to give them something. Yep. Right? They talked their way out of going to jail. That doesn't mean they didn't cheat. Well, it's according to how this is worded, it's not cheating because the rule wasn't put in place. No, before so, they were but that's, so that's my thing. The, that's, the thing. that's my thing. The rule was put in place because of them. Right. But they get memos all the time about how to use technology as it's been added. But bullshit, guys. <laughs> like, that's like saying, hey, listen, like, when you go to school, right, does your teacher every year have to tell you? Like, do you guys have, like, a student handbook? Maybe. And almost every school's agenda is typically oh, the yeah, school probably handbook. Somewhere. It's been a minute. <laughs> In it, probably says you can't cheat. Well, what's cheating? All I'm going to say is I copied my homework a lot. And a boy, Dennis. Well, so, right, but, like, so then Dennis cheated. Dennis has to get, you know, suspended, all of his records from, nah, yo. Like, that's not. There's acceptable levels. Baseball is that. Baseball is like, there's acceptable cheating, and there's not. Why were the Yankees given the slap on the wrist for this thing? And then everybody else. It's because it made it public. John Boy made a whole bunch of, like, comments, made it go super big. Made a big deal out of all the cheating. Mm-hmm. The Astros cheated horribly. The Red Sox got sucked into it. Yep. They got sucked into the shockwave of, we have to punish everybody now. Well, wasn't the wasn't the whole point of the letter because the Yankees complained about the, the Sox? Yes. And then they were like, well, actually, when we were doing the investigation, y'all were also cheating. Yes, <laughs> which is my point. Yeah. Like, you guys are, met, you guys are making claims against them, right? Because it wasn't the, weren't the Yankees also doing it on the Apple Watches? Yes, that was their issue. And, and like, are you kidding me? Like, we think it's okay that they had Apple Watches telling them what was happening, but it's not okay that we had a buzzer in our pocket? It, again, it, it's fine that everybody wants to let it go. It's because it's the Yankees. I get it. But, like, Yankees fans really can't say shit about the fact that they've had a cheating squad since, what, 96? Half your team was on steroids. Pettit was on steroids. Roger Clemens was on steroids. Melky Cabrera was on steroids. Mm-hmm. Alex Rodriguez was on steroids. Yep. Like Jorge Posada, we all know. Like, who, who knows what was up? So that whole, all of those things, we can, we can waste. Mm-hmm. Waste. And then after that, 
you're cheating, sign stealing. You're sending messages through. Like, yo, you're a bunch of cheaters. That's why you were winning. Now you've been having all this taken away. It's the reason why the Yankees haven't been to the World Series since 2009. Because everybody, because this letter gets dropped and now we're paying attention to all your cheating. You're the, you're the, you're the Patriots. Not to mention their, their roster moves haven't been A+. plus. Well, Cashman's never been good. <laughs> Talk, no, we, we, Talk so about you, Dennis. So hit me up, Dennis. Nah. Tell me why Cashman hasn't been good. We'll talk about it another time. No, 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 no. I'm I'm putting this on the show right now. Yes, why is Cashman go. not good? It just hands out money to guys that just never work out. Like who? Say his name. You want me to say Garrett Cole? Say, yeah, there you go. But like, so uh, you you think Garrett Cole was his bad signing? For I'm hearing that even, kind of I'm, money, yeah. I mean, Dennis is a fake Yankee fan, but I'm hearing real Yankee fans also agree with that. But Yankee fans didn't agree with it when he was the first-year guy and he was cheating. Oh, for sure. But so you like know what's also going to happen? They're, they're not, the Yankees fans love cheating. They're going to walk that back them. as soon as he strings together, like, three good starts. Like, he had a great one against the Indians. Not the Indians. The Guardians. I was there for it. I saw it. He pitched real good. Wonderful. He's back for now. Um, but we all had, we had a very deep conversation about where he, he sits in the – best pitchers in the game and we very easily put him out of the top 10 well so answer this question for me real fast who currently has the best winning percentage in the american league unsure the yankees right the new york yankees so why is cashman bad like i need to hear why cashman is their their team era is also just behind the new york mets fun fact yeah but that's because their bullpen is yes 100 percent deets what do you got Deets, I'm waiting. I need to know. I need to know why he's bad. Because this is the spoiled. This is the spoiled so, fan. The thing that really brought me onto it was giving Mark to share thirty million dollars back in the day for him to just underperform constantly. Things like he also, that. They also do the, the Ellsbury deal. The Ellsbury deal is bad. To share has always been my least favorite. But it, it's did, just if he if he gave Judge if he overpays for Judge is he a bad GM or a good GM? Depends on the term of the deal. Well, okay, so if, he, if if Judge had accepted the deal he was just given, good or bad? This is a question for either of you. I I think if he gives Judge I, if he gives Judge the bag, mm-hmm. it's a bad deal. Yeah, I agree, and it's also, was it eight years? I he's think? a thirty-one year old. He is a thirty-one year old who will not be able to play the outfield when he is thirty-five. My, he will be a full-time designated hitter that you're going to pay $30 million a year. Aaron, you know that's bullshit. I know, but now this is the problem, right? He's been underpaid up until this point. So I get it, but the Yankees had the chance to make moves and do something to replace him when they had a misconstructed lineup. They made some moves. They can't sign Judge. And the Yankee fan... Needs to right now have IKF, right? Yeah. They have to have him become like, we love this guy. I thought it was a huge hit. A huge hit for, um, what's his name? Why am I blanking? Second baseman. You guys said was Glaber. Glaber. Glaber Torres. Glaber with a big hit to win a game. Yep. Bring his confidence back up. 25. At one point in time, I was being told he was going to be the the MVP of the league by people around me. Like, th- those players need to become successful so that people can let go of Judge. 
So I would say if he signs him to the bag, it's a bad move. But going back, you said something interesting, Dietz. Mm-hmm. If I told you that a player in eight seasons had an 800 OPS for most of them, had an 800 OPS for five out of the eight seasons. Back then, $30 million was completely different than what it is now, though. Like, that was, you were supposed to be the best player That's in baseball Juan Soto at that money. point. Like, he yeah. was not the best player. That's he was Juan not 50. what. Yeah, but for in two thousand in two thousand nine, what'd you guys do again? Won the World Series. You sure so did. you paid a bunch of money to the best first baseman in baseball, who got you a nine forty eight OPS, hit thirty nine home runs and one hundred and twenty two RBIs, and you were mad about it. Talk, tell me what we're talking. Four straight years over eight hundred OPS. Now listen, I we all know. That guys later in their careers making that kind of money, that's a problem, right? I, I am with you and I understand. But Teixeira was also a really solid first baseman defensively. So you're in a situation where you had a switch hitting, high level, 800 plus OPS bat guy who played a really, really solid first base and made an all-star game, all-star team his second to last year in the in the league with a 900 plus OPS. What, what are we talking about? Like I can't, you can't hang your hat on that. That signing is not bad. Ellsbury, Ellsbury's an atrocity. Yeah. Right. Who's the Who's the pitcher? Which pitcher? Who's the pitcher you guys had? There's a lot of pitchers. No, the 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 guy from Japanese league. Uh, Tanaka. Tanaka. Tanaka was supposed to be super, super, superstar, and then he was just a really solid pitcher for mm-hmm. you guys. Right. I don't think that that was a bad signing. You just had aspirations by us paying so much money. This guy will be even better. Money does not equate to greatness. It is a reward for consistency of greatness. And, like, you never know what level. Like, this year, is is, is Bryce Harper a complete waste of space? I don't know. You got a 720 right OPS guy? Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean he's a complete waste. Is it bad signing? He's gonna flux. Yep, and like that's my thing. Like the the Ellsbury signing is bad. He's up to eight fifty now. The the Ellsbury signing is bad. No, no, bad. I, that's fully recognized. But I think I I think the Araldis Chapman move, getting Chapman when they did, he's been the best closer in baseball since they got him. Great move, mm-hmm. right? The IKF move to reposition, great move. Great move. Rizzo trading for him and re-signing him, great move. Gallo's been disappointing, but every Yankee fan wanted him. Yep. You can't revisionist history and be like, no, oh, I don't want him. No. Nope. At the end of the day, he actually is what he is. Like He's going to strike out all the time, which you knew, Facts. and only really hit home runs. He just hasn't been hitting a lot of home runs. Facts. You guys but wanna, he is starting to figure it out. He's hit two in the last two days. You guys want to know about a bad signing? Talk about Jason Bay. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> right? You saw a comment that. Oh, no, you probably didn't. Our wheelhouse Wednesday yesterday was uh, who's the biggest bust your team's ever uh, brought in. And I commented Jason Bay. <laughs> and like, and here's here's the craziest thing. Jason Bay was definitely a, a bad signing by the Mets. Mm-hmm. But his his first year for the Mets, he still had a 750 OPS. He wasn't like, oh my God, an atrocity. And, that, and But he only played 95 games. He never played a lot of games ever again. Yep. And that was injuries. The the you you get guys who have injuries. Jonas Cespedes was not a bad signing until he got hurt. One of the greatest trade deadline signings. Right. He got the Mets to the World Series. Yep, absolutely. 
So you look back in time and you look at a lot of the things. We always make these reactionary things mm. because you don't allow guys, you don't look at the whole work. And I would tell you that if we go back in time, like, is it his fault that Glaber has de- declined substantially over his last five years? Glaber went from being a 900 OPS, in, like, middle infielder to being a guy who barely is scratching 700. That's not on the GM. The, no. guy, the guy was the best, one of the best prospects in baseball. He was, like, top three in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't put that on Cashman. Nope. Now, do I think Cashman's made some bad decisions? Maybe. But Garrett Cole, he couldn't have known he was cheating that bad unless everybody knows that the league is cheating. Which could be a thing also. I, I feel like at, at the epidemic that the spider attack stuff was going on, like the GMs had to have known something was had going to. on. They all, they all had to know. And that's that's why, to me, again, like um, you can't judge a book by just what you see in the short term, right? Like Billy Epler, GM in the Mets. Mm-hmm. Is he an, an amazing GM or is he a terrible GM? Because he was terrible, quote unquote, for the Angels, right? Right. Couldn't put together, couldn't surround Mike Trout with the with the team mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But then look back and go, Howie Kendrick was a pretty solid player that they had, that they developed, that they brought up, mm-hmm. right? Walsh is a really good first baseman. That Epler was part of that process. Epler is the guy who brought in Shohei Otani, right? Epler is the guy who signed Rendon. He has done things, but there weren't the ability for him to do some things, right? Like he was hamstrung by some choices. Trout missing all of last year, that's not his fault. Now fast forward. He goes out and he has the free purse to go and sign whoever the hell he wants. And Canna looks like a great signing, right? For for $12 million a year on a two-year deal, mm-hmm. right? Like Marte, Marte's been a great signing. Bassett trade looks like an amazing trade. Like... You, it's so difficult to make those decisions when we were, were myopic. So I, I would love to see Cashman leave the Yankees, mm-hmm. if only because the Yankees are now just a B-list franchise. Could be. Well, you're already you're already on the Mets, so we're going to dive into the Mets because they had quite the series with the Cardinals. Um, the Mets have won their first five series. Six. Six series, excuse me. Uh, the Mets have won their first six series. They are trucking, and they took two out of three from the Cardinals. A lot of heat, a lot of back and forth. We already talked about how uh, Pete Alonso got drilled um, and the, a lot of hit-by-pitches in the series. Um, and it came to a head yesterday when uh, – we threw high and tights Nolan Arenado, and he took exception to it, and the bench is cleared. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? So, first, uh, the Mets were hit three times in that series. Yep. Two guys got hit in that game. I have a stat. Uh, Go ahead, hit me. So far this season, there's been five players that have been hit four times by pitches. The Mets have two of them in Alonso mm-hmm. and Marte. And the Mets have been hit three times in the head. Yes. Or four times in the head, maybe. So now a couple of things to that, right? We now know that Buck Showalter is telling everybody to crowd the plate. Let's be real about the situation. The Mets are trying to take away the inside pitch. They're trying to force guys to put the ball out over the plate by their fear of hitting them. And it has worked to the tune of they're the best team in baseball. So, let's let's put that aside. My my bigger issue is, is that Nolan Arenado's a bitch. Because Nolan Arenado, forget forget the fact, like, do I think he's willing to scrap? Sure. Did you yep. see the fight that he had when he was in Colorado? Did I just say, is yeah. he willing to his scrap? His hands function. <laughs> is, 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 is he willing to scrap? Sure. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's a bitch because of what he's taking seriously that he knows was fine. 
the Mets threw a buzz the tower at him that was up at his hands. Yeah, that was not that And bad. brushed him off the plate. Very much get uncomfortable and get off. It was a warning shot pitch. If he had leaned in, you would have been plunked on your on your hands, and that's on you, right? But it wasn't so far inside that it even had a shot at hitting him in the back. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a shot at hitting him in the ear. So he gets upset and starts barking and going, and the Mets pitcher goes, yo, I'm here, let, let, let my hands work, right? Let's function. And everybody clears. Yep. Everybody goes out. Pete Alonso's out here throwing dudes around, and some little dude who's got a, a, a inferiority complex suplexes him back, well, and then is trying to shove him out. And that's after Hennessy's career grabbed him by like the back of the and, collar. And, and Pete Alonso him. said, "I could break this man's fucking life, but I don't need to." Yeah. Right. I wish he would have come at me right to my face instead of coming up behind me, tackling me, and throwing me to the ground. Who are you, Pedro? Who are you? <laughs> No, Pedro, coach ran at him, and he grabbed. He sent him. He, he did, sent him what to the is. floor. Shouldn't have done that. That's on your own fault. You yep. don't have good feet. Your feet didn't work. Yep. And the, but, pro- the problem is, too, is like, yes, Nolan obviously knew the situation, knew things were heated a little bit, and he, he went after it as if, like, he'd been wronged and whatever. Yeah. Like, stop. Pete Alonso got drilled in the head, stood right back up, and could have easily said, let's, could, let's could go have right now. absolutely just kicked your Completely catcher in the face warranted. and broken his skull and then gone and killed your your pitcher. Yep, because he you was up what? in a heartbeat. I, I watched that live. I was for sure hands were about to So happen. you got brushed back and you incited a fight. Yep. Your team hit three guys. You just hit another guy in the foot with a fastball who had to exit the game on his birthday. <laughs> How dare you? And you're and you're acting like your team has been put to bed. You know what it really was? It was the frustration of the Mets were beating the shit out of the Cardinals for three days. Carrasco melted a little bit, so mm-hmm. the Cardinals had a lead. Yep. But in the first three innings, they were burying Stephen Matz, which I love. Burying Matz was buried. Yep. Your other two pitchers lost. Yep. You're frustrated that the Mets are better than you, and it looked like. Arenado was just venting the frustration of, we're frustrated that we're finally winning, but I'm being brushed back off the plate because we're winning. No, you got brushed back because your pitchers can't do their fucking job. So that's why he's a bitch. Is you're, you fight over something that you can actually stand on. Your team wasn't the the team that was wrong multiple times. No. Did the, did the Mets have frustration from six series of being hit? Yes. For sure. But did your team hit them three times twice in that game? Yeah. You got brushed back. Eat it and move on. Yep. But if you want to start something, my only problem with pro sport violence is it's not violent enough often. Yeah. It's not. I would have knocked out Arenado. I would have given him. That would have been so awesome. Like, just go at him. And he, you're gonna. I'm going to tackle you. I'm gonna Kyle Farnsworth this shit. Yeah. Let, like, let's let's little uh, a little Nolan Ryan Rentura. Let it happen let, let, and then get everybody let's else go. in there. Like, let's go. Like, everybody goes and they hug each other. And it's a hug. Right. You're sumo wrestling. Yeah. These say go and just completely end Arenado's season with a broken orbital bone. Mm-hmm. Like, because you know what will happen? Genuinely, you won't hit our guys. You also won't feel any way about coming to the mound ever again. No one of our Facts. guys. And you know what happened? So there also is the other sides that one of the, the you see the Rumble Ponies, the Mets double A team got yes. to a full yes. scrap. And, and one of our top prospects tore his ACL, ACL in the process. Gone. Gone. 
That's why Brutal. just these hands work. You and me, knock knock out Arenado with the 96-mile-an-hour fastball yeah. punch to the eye, right? And end and his season. And then we'll see that nobody wants to do any of that stuff ever again. Yeah. But we, we, we're too a little bit. To bring it back to a situation that happened last year, different sport, same city. The Knicks are getting housed in a game. And I forget my man's name. I think it was Fareed. Steals the ball with like seconds remaining. They inbound it. Nobody cares. They're running out the clock. Steals the ball and runs out to the three-point line and takes a three-point shot. And Alfred Payton runs up to him, forearm shivers him into the stands, and knocks him to the floor. Yes. Oh, my God. You want to talk about unwritten rules? You're trying to run up the score so that you stole an inbounds pass with seconds left. Your team is up 18 points. And you're trying to rain more points onto this because you have some kind of, like, I need three more points to hit up. Nope. I am going to lay you that. And Alfred Payton put that man into the floor. And it started a fight. That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Nolan should have taken it and just continued on with the bet. Yell, bark, sure, say a little something, keep going. But let's get after yep, it. Yep. Do your work. Yep. As soon as he said something, he should have gotten his ass beat. But here's what I will say. As a, as a final product of all this stuff that's happened to the Mets, they are definitely a united team right oh now. And they feel like a bunch of bad motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, bu- and bu- Bucks first one out of the dugout every single time. Every time. I love it. Bucks, Bucks like these hands used to work. <laughs> these hands used yep. to work. Is right it? now, my mouth my mouth works, but as soon as it gets real physical, I'm going to be like... He's like, I'm going to let it go, but I got a bunch of big guys going to do this for me. Yep. Pete. Is, yep. there, is there anything funnier, though, than watching all the guys run from the bullpen, and by the time they get oh. there, it's just all over? Who was it? Uh, whoever the closer is, jumped right over. Epic. Loved it. Loved it. So, like, don't get me wrong. Super exciting series, top to bottom. Loved how it finished. Yep. Loved that we're scrapping. All good things. Um, let's get into the Otani watch. Otani watch. Dennis, how has Shohei Otani been doing? Not great, Bob. What's, what's, what's his not stats? great? What's, what's not what's great? Line? Give it to me. Oh, I, I have it. Hold on. Uh, so, so far this year, Otani is currently batting 238 with a 691 OPS. He has uh, struck out 25 times in 80 at-bats. So, not great, but he's been pitching all right. He has 30 strikeouts in uh, 19 and a third innings pitched. Yeah, that's pretty good. But last night he went three for four, three for five at the plate while pitching. Also got the dub. Uh, went five innings, let up two runs, had four strikeouts and a walk. He's got a four-one ERA on the season so far. Uh, but I, th- I think Otani's going to figure it out. He's also leading the league in strikeouts per nine with a fourteen right now. Yep. <laughs> and that's my thing. He's bat- the the batting average, a two thirty-eight batting average. Some some like weird things here and there. He does have three home runs. I do think he's going to be able to kind of figure that stuff out. Uh, it's just early for him, mm-hmm. and he does so much. Absolutely. He does so much. He's such a, a, a savage at so many different things. Uh, but look out. Who's playing well? The, the Angels. Angels as a whole. Dennis, you got more on the Angels for us? That I do. Absolutely. Uh, Let's go. So with the Angels, so far, the, uh, the la- well, we'll start with the last 10. They're 7-3. and three. Mike Trout comes back since he's been back three home runs, 474 batting average, 1651 OPS, and that triple that he had was just so much fun to watch. And uh, can you tell me, what is their record? 
overall in the season? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Give me one second. I can tell you right now. They're twelve and seven. They're twelve and seven. Which they're is? tied. They're tied with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays in terms of record right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also puts them atop the AL West currently. Which puts them atop the AL West, and you know, surprisingly, the Athletics at ten and nine with eight people in the stands watching the games, still winning somehow. Because, because you know what, they are a quality baseball team, and it's, it's Billy unfortunate Bean no one baseball. gets to see that. Yeah, it Billy is what Bean it knows is. baseball. He can put a team together could for eleven dollars. Ima- could you imagine that they actually gave that man the bag? What he could do. Yep. What that guy could turn and, on. And it's too bad because the Mets wanted to give him the bag. But it's okay. It's all right. That's okay. Listen, Epler doing Epler's a solid, got it. solid job right now. Absolutely. You know who's been bis- disappointing, though? And it, and, and it's it was my, my key to the season for them. He's picking it up a little bit now, but Rendon. Mm-hmm. How did Rendon fall off the map so so freaking hard? I think, I think it's just the injuries. He hasn't had a consistent, like, group of games. Like, when was the last time he played? 50 games in a row. Yeah. He's got a 931 OPS in his last, uh, uh, I think it was 10 games or something. So that, like that. that's, so my, that's my thing. He's turning it around now for the season. He's sitting at a 743 OPS and a 228 batting average, right? But, but if, if he's that at, guy, if he's the 900 guy, and then Shohei show is who he's going to be, this this is what we were talking about. The Angels are going to start to put it together and look out. The Angels as a whole, though, you look at their entire team, their OPS is down, minus Trout, Ward, and uh, Marsh is also doing all right. But like Marsh isn't playing really well, really well. Definitely a good little, like, because I think that's the thing for the Angels. They've needed, like, little sneaky pieces to to fill in the gaps that when Otani or Trout or Rendon haven't been there or performed. And it feels like their team has a little bit of momentum. They have all their guys back. And then you also, on the flip side, have your – uh, Marshes and guys like that who are contributing in a big way. Tyler Wade's well, been playing really well. Let's be real about Brandon Marsh, though, right? The the reality about Brandon Marsh is he's still young. He's 24. Last mm-hmm. year was his age 23 season, right? He was forced into a role where he had to play a whole bunch of games, maybe a little bit earlier than he needed to. But this year with an 896 OPS, he's 24. He was a second-round pick for them. Like, maybe he's a dude. He's got 14 RBIs too in uh, He's been 15 mashing. games. Mashing. And like uh, here's something I just need to see because you know we we all we all don't necessarily know. So I got to I got to go by months with him because he was only really pulled up in the second half of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he had a little he had a run in August, right? His July, he only had a 5.39 OPS, and his September October, he only had a 6.04 OPS. But he had a, a he had a twenty nine game twenty six start, hundred and three plate appearance run, in the middle of the season where he had an eight oh five OPS as a twenty three year old. Now, if we look right now, how's Bobby Wood Jr. doing? Right, not great. Seven seventy OPS. How's 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 uh, Julio Rodriguez doing? Not great. Not great. Striking out almost forty percent of the time. How's Spencer Torkelson doing? Striking out over thirty percent of the time. Right. A lot of these big time prospects they don't do well. Right, Trout and Barry Bonds had 220, 230 batting averages as, as rookies. Marsh might be that guy, right? And those are some of those little, you know, secret moments that nobody really knows exist until the season starts getting underway. And once that happens, look out. And the the Angels to me are super interesting because Noah Syndergaard. Well, their pitching as a whole has been great to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, Syndergaard, he's got a 212 ERA, so that's been good 
Uh, Sandoval has a zero ERA and three starts, so that's massive. You like to see that. Uh, he's just not getting many innings pitched, but like overall as a team, their pitching staffs look very good, which is surprising. Excellent. And then you got uh, – bring him, bring him back up real quick because I mm-hmm. have to touch on this. Sure. Uh, Brandon Marsh in his uh, minor league career had a two eighty eight batting average and an eight eleven OPS in 1,000 – 1,100 at-bats. So Marsh – is is a is a dude, yeah, right? for sure. I mean, don't and don't sleep on Taylor Ward either. This guy in eleven games so far has been three ninety five, with fifteen hits, four bombs, and a thirteen forty seven OPS. And he's been on a uh, slump of lately. His slump is uh, three sixty eight with a twelve oh four OPS in the last oh, seven no. days. He's falling off, slumping, slumping big. But yeah, I'm. I'm we're we're gonna be uh we're gonna end up being right on that Angels pick too. And I Aaron so. Loop is looking great. As, I know you guys love Loop. As expected, <sighs> he is a great player. Uh, so Dennis, the Angels are hot. Tell us who else is hot on this week's hot and cold. So <laughs> we hated on him last week. Yankees are eight and two in their last ten. How about that? Rizzo, they might barely leave the park, but in his last seven days, he has five home runs. He's batting four hundred with a fifteen oh three OPS. Leading the league in dangers. Did, Rizzo had three in one game, right? Yeah, sure did. They all went. They all went hundred forty two feet. <laughs> well, we listen. We've talked about it. You, you get a lot of benefits playing the AL East. They all were the first row in the Yankee Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Judge also has three home runs during that stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. Three eighteen batting average, twelve eighteen uh, OPS. So go Yanks. Um, Ty France. For Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, since our last podcast, he has 12 RBIs. He's batting 519 with a 1422 OPS. Seattle's look good too. So that that uh, West, we talked about it being up in the air as to who it's going to be. The Astros have uh, struggled against the Angels this year, but altogether, Seattle, Los Angeles, they're all looking good. You know who else is hot? The, the San Francisco Giants. When they play teams not named the New York Mets. Yep. Uh, they're thirteen and three. They sure are. You know, so like they're they're a team that that has Jock Peterson maybe is the secret magical sauce to victory and success. He's the pearl. Uh, mm-hmm. My man, I think has like seven home runs on the season. He's been absolutely tanking shots for them. Uh, they they led the league in home runs last year. They may in fact do it again this year. That the the West is wild because everybody's talking about how the Diamondbacks are a really bad team. Right, mm-hmm. but the Diamondbacks also, if you if they're they're uh, they beat the Dodgers. I believe they're like six and seven or six and six when they're playing teams not named the New York Mets. So they're about a five hundred team as long as they don't play the Mets. So pretty much the kryptonite to MLB right now is playing the Mets. It's that that is an interesting uh, interesting thing that every time someone who's been a buzzsaw hits the Mets. Well, so that was the Cardinals, right? You look yep. at the Cardinals. Cardinals were rolling until yeah. they got to the Mets. We're, we're smoking the league. Mm-hmm. Like they they were ranked in the top five teams roughly. Then all of a sudden you, they were they were nine and five coming into the series against the Mets, and they they yep. exit that series ten and seven. And you're all of a sudden like, oh, you know what? Maybe maybe they're not as good, or maybe it's that the Mets are just nasty. I mean, listen, the, just looking back at their schedule, they. They had a relatively easy schedule up to this point. As I don't well. want to hear anything about easy schedules. Listen, the the Mets got to play the Phillies. <laughs> if you get to play the Phillies, you're going to win a I lot of games. So. I guess a so. lot of games. Who would ever pick the Phillies to be good? <laughs> and then the last guy I wanted to mention on who's hot because he's the future MVP. Uh, Byron Buxton, three home runs, Buck including Daddy. the longest ever walk off home run at 467 feet. That was nuked. Yeah. And his average exit velocity this season, we're talking about the balls being dead, 
is 97.2 miles per hour right now. Those his, are missiles. His slugging percentage in the last seven days is 1,000. Beast. I'm just slugging I, people. I want him Not to, his OPS, his slugging. I want him to stay healthy so badly. So if there's bad. one person besides Jacob DeGrom I want to be healthy, it's Byron Buxton. Yeah, I, I would love to see him be able to kind of put all of it together for an extended period of time because all you've seen his last four years is each year from an OPS standpoint, he's improved. Yep. Right? He just has not been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd love to see him put together more than, you know, 85 games. Yep. If you want to talk about someone with gifts, guys, one of the fastest guys in the league. And I was I was watching a comp of, like, his swing earlier in his career to now. He has more, a little bit longer, a little bit bigger of a swing, and it, he obviously is making good contact. What, what was his average on the season, Deets? Uh, batting or uh, the exit Bat, below? Batting average. Uh, right now it is a uh, – his batting average is 289, but the last week it's been 412. Yeah, well, there you go. So he's locked in, <laughs> and I want him to keep continuing so bad. Uh, Deets, who's cold this week? All right, so I had to throw this one in here. Okay. The he Mets cold. may be hot. However, Francisco, Francisco Lindor. Lindor. Ice cold. Last 31 at-bats, uh, he is batting 226 with a 565 OPS and six strikeouts. Uh, yeah. But at least the team's doing well, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes up for that. Picks him up. Going back to the Yankees discussion from before, we didn't talk about the Miles Straw incident. Yeah, I think he might be mad at more than just Yankee fans. Uh, the last seven days, he's batting 200 with a 426 OPS. That, the Miles Straw thing was crazy. Um Personally, just seeing how it all unfolds. So, anyone who missed it, Stephen Kwan was going after a ball late in the game, ran into the fence, and then the Yankee fans were yelling at him when the trainer was looking at him, saying just a bunch of insane stuff about stay down, you know, you know, f you, you're hurt, whatever, get off the field, like, a bunch of BS like that. And and Miles Straw took exception to that and hopped up on the fence and got in their face and was ready to throw hands on the side of the of Yankee Stadium. Miles Straw about that life. Absolutely, and I love that energy. Top, top Protect 10 your favorite guys. players now, for 100%. sure. 100%. Protect your guys. Be a dog. Absolutely loved it. And then after the Yankees walked it off, Yankee fans were throwing garbage on the field, just being Yankees the fans. worst fan base in the game. Yeah. Um, then and, in Philly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I saw a lot of varied opinions on Miles Straw reaction. Personally, I am all for it. Protect your guys. The fans have no right to do that just because you paid for a seat. Well, the other side of it is them saying everything and him going at them is one thing. Yep. But that was in left field. Yep. The garbage being thrown was being thrown from right field. Yep. The people in right field have nothing to do with what happened. Throwing garbage and bottles and beer at people on the field after your team wins a game is the most Yankees fan thing there is. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, that sense of entitlement of, oh, we can do whatever we want. Yep. And, like, it it really, it's not just Yankees fans. It's the world right now. People think that you they can say whatever sports, they the want to had any person. This problem. Yep. You, everybody's too much that they can say or do whatever the hell they want to people just because they paid money to go in for a seat. Yep. And you know that the player is going to be the one who gets in the most trouble if anything happens. Mm-hmm. But you throw something at me, and, like, the Yankees fans need to ban, like, the Yankees as a team. Anybody who threw something on the field, zoom in, picture, ban for life. Yep. Can't can't be in the Done. stadium. 
done. You're, like, you're like, gone. They, things hit players. Like they, they had to get their security, like cover the players, to get them away. Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton had to go to the fence and be like, "Yo, guys, which cut I love shit out." Which 100%. I love. Incredible. Judge and Stanton being out there, being like, "What are you doing? Stop! Cut that out!" Like that's this isn't what we do here. Yep. Best thing I've seen. Yeah. And it's why the Yankee the Yankees shouldn't sign Judge. Too classy. <laughs> Too classy. Yeah, but uh, definitely was an alarming incident. Deets, who else is cold? The Boston Red Sox. They are 3-7 and seven in the last 10. Uh, I'm going to give you all three batting averages and OPSs of players that are relatively key players for them. Uh, okay. Rafael Devers, 185 uh, batting average the last seven uh, days with a 585 OPS. Alex Verdugo, 154 and 326. And Bobby Dahlbeck with a 192 and 519. Outside of Bogarts, no one's really hitting on this team. So I got a I got a team that's cold. I love that for Bogarts too. Go get your bags on. I got a team that's cold that we expected, well, the world expected at mm-hmm. least to be better than they're doing, and that is the Braves. The Braves in their last ten games are four and six. That is not for a team that just won the World Series. That is not how you want to get started. But he's back. Here Ronald he Acuna is back. Now somebody had a, 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 a cold take, and they were like, "Hey, uh, yeah, my team's getting back the best player in baseball." Uh, and I, Ronald Acuna, decidedly not the best player in baseball, correct? He might be top ten at this point, right? He's he's top five player. So again, I'm I'm here for top the, five position player. Don't don't give yeah. me pitchers. Uh, okay, so let's debate this. Cool. Ronald Acuna. When was the last time he was a top five player? Because if we pull up Ronald Acuna and we look right, 2021, he was a 283 batting average guy, right? Which is super solid, nothing, nothing to 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 look at and go. Okay, that's that's not something good, right? Uh, and he had a nine a nine ninety OPS. The year before, right, two fifty average, nine eighty seven OPS. That dude is a monster power hitter. Yep. But with him having a substantial injury, a substantial injury, are we going to assume? That he's athletically the same guy that he was. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. Okay. I I I don't know how fast he'll get back to prime Acuna, truly. Because okay. sure, you got you need CABs and things, and as much as five games at Double A AA or Triple A is gonna help you get rolling. Yep. Major league pitching is different, uh, but I do think he's a super ultra talented guy. Super. And and I think he will come back to. To, to the level that he has been at uh, obviously he doesn't have freddie freeman there to cause whatever maybe it was a rift in his game for sure but like ozzy's been playing extremely well like that addition i think is going to be super helpful for yep. them um but i do think as a player that he will get back to ronald acuna as is he is only 24 he is so. a young man yeah only 24 but what i'm saying is coming off of acl tear right and it seemed like his ACL tear was more than just an ACL tear because he, he missed all of that time, missed that whole thing. He's coming back. It has not been a year since the injury right now. I know this isn't the NFL where right, we, it's have a to different... make, we have to make sudden changes and course adjustments, but you do have to sprint full speed at a wall and then stop yourself before running into it. That level of go stop is big. Is he also going to not fully sell out for some balls in the outfield? So, like, as an outfielder, are we looking at that? Hear me out. Would you trade 
If you were the Nationals, would you trade Acuna for Soto? Straight up. Like one for one? One if, for one. If no you're one the, all right, that. so you're saying it from the Nationals standpoint. Who, if you were starting a team, would you take Acuna before you took Soto? No. No. Okay, so Soto's better than him. Soto also has been hitting, like, amazing. If you were to tell me that I, you had to trade one, or you had to make a selection, would you take Acuna before you took Shohei Otani? No. Uh, no, I guess. Because of the uniqueness of the player. Sure, right. Yeah. Straight up one-to-one, would you take Acuna before you took – remember, you have to redraft this team every year. Would you take Acuna before you took Mike Trout? Well, if that's the case, then age plays a part in it. But no, I would, you, I would say Trout this year, right now. Right? Yeah. Sure, that's Trout, what I'm saying. Fine. Every year you're redrafting your team. Sure. Right? So so is he – we're trying to get to, is he one of the top five players in the league? Right? At that point in time, who else do you think is better than Acuna? Honestly, I'd probably put him at five at that point. That, right? That, that would make him the fifth so, best player. No, I'm, I have only three guys I've said right now. You what said a, Soto, Trout, Otani. What about uh, Mookie? Soto, Trout, Otani. Okay, fine. So then he's four or five. Mookie's probably in top and, five. Uh, and uh, what's well, no? Who else did or did I not say him yet? Uh, Vlad, Vlad Jr. Okay, fine. Uh, probably Vlad. Vladdy. So then yeah, Vlad is probably five. So so then we're, at, we're then we're at five, but we're in a conversation of is he five? But it's also not a world where you see them getting swapped one for one. No, I'm, I'm more saying like, like we're talking about who's the top who, five Who players. you'd rather have? Sure, who, yeah. Who's top five players in the league, right? And my, my thing is, is are, there, are there other players who we're thinking about in the league? Like, would you, would you take uh, – um, we're just talking about him. Cardinals, their baseman. Uh, Arenado before – Would you take Arenado or would you take Acuna? Acuna, right? 100%. Huh? Acuna. Right now you take Acuna over – You can't yeah. take your drugs. Yeah. No. No, no, I think no one, sure. Nolan's had a great start, but like, okay, Nolan's also a lot older, and like, no, Acuna's, but you only have the player for one year. I'm saying right now, I'd take Acuna. I'd sub. I'd take Acuna. See, and that to me is crazy because he's a base stealer. Like, but he's not. More, again, if his ACL is down, you don't he's know. Not going to run. But, but that's my. But point. also, how do you know that he's hasn't that he was wasn't fine in January? Like, he was taking BP. He was at spring training, like playing as if he was good to go. But they they made him take extra time. So maybe he's at 110 percent because he's taking an extra month. Well, on top of that, the lockout might have played a role because the team doctors can't really look at him sure. during that time. Exactly. That's why Chris Sale's is. in the DL right now. Or IL. My, my big thing is no, 2020, Nolan Arenado moves to a new team, and we have the 2020 season, right, which is an upheaved whole thing and everything else. Last year, over an 800 OPS guy playing third base, gold glove caliber third baseman. This year, he's back on track to being the 900 OPS guy that he had been for the last six years before he came to a new team. If he's a 900 plus OPS guy with the talent that he has in the, with the glove, I don't necessarily think that there's a, there, uh, uh, an easy way of saying that I'd rather take Acuna. Now I get Acuna from an age perspective and how long you're going to have a guy who would you take, but I'm saying top five players in the game right now, position player. I don't know, especially with uh, Arenado batting 375 with five home runs how you remotely could say, right now, you know Acuna's a better player. You can't. Because what if he's not? What if he's hurt? And he's a, a, a 250 batting average guy with power, and, and he's a 900 OPS guy, but he's meh in the, in the field. But also, if you're talking about like how they're playing right now, Juan Soto's not in the top five. He's batting 250 with an 855 OPS. 
855 open. So we're saying a down moment, 855. But that's we what, have that's no what idea. But that's what you're saying what Arenado is. No, Arenado. Is Juan Soto a go-go caliber Ar- guy? Arenado, Arenado has been a all-star level player for a decade. I am not making this, this, this whole point on a guy who's having a random hot start. Oh, for sure, Gee. but so, you're no. But you're saying no, no, for no, one no. year. But, but you're no, saying I'm for saying one year. Right now, you, so, you so say so you're he, picking him up for one year. No, That's what you said. Yeah, but I'm saying so. Even if I'm going right now, right? I I'm saying Soto is at 8:55 in a slump. Mm-hmm. So I'd still rather have that guy. Sure. So like that, you're you're right now. I know the player that they've been. Mm-hmm. Acuna has declined as a player somewhat in a, some key areas of who he is. His batting average has regressed, even though his home runs have gone up. Mm-hmm. Is he going to continue to be able to be that player? His this, batting average was up last year. He was 250 batting average last year. No, last year he was a 283 batting average. He was, oh, was 250 the year before, the year before which was the gotcha. weird year. Gotcha. Who? Acuna. Acuna. Oh, okay. And, and that's that's all my point is. How do we take Arenado, who's a, a career stud, and you're going to tell me that it's definitely Acuna and we have no idea who he is? But then also at the same time, like if we're, if we're looking at Arenado – you're also looking at Rendon, who's a career, like, 900 OPS guy. Yeah, but Rendon now for the last two years has not been close to that player. Three years has not been close to that player. Rendon's. 2020, he was 915 in the shortened season. Right. Last year, he's 712. He's, he's an average, this year, he's at average 864 as a, uh, as a career. Yeah. Up to this point. Oh, listen, that's why to me, Rendon, I, it, he needs to get back to himself. But Rendon, if you're telling me Rendon gets back to being the 950 OPS guy he is, you, like, listen, I, you, right. the, Acuna the is, world Acuna of, in the, four years is an average 925 100, OPS. So, he's, so the same as a guy like Rendon. Yeah. But Rendon's at a more premium defensive listen, position. It's easy to put together with Shohei Otani the top four players in the game. Number five is that's like where, 10 people. And that's where, yeah. and that's where I'm, that's all I'm saying, right? Yeah. The conversation was, is he the best player in the game? I think it's decidedly no. No. Right? There's a series of players I would rather have before I have Acuna. Just as a single one-off. Yep. If you're telling me I know I have 24-year-old Ronald Acuna versus 31-year-olds, 32-year-olds, uh, uh, first baseman who, who hits 330, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to take a 24-year-old. Right. What about Buxton? But so Buxton is hurt all the time. I have to keep that in a in a in a pocket. That like I can't put him in that he's in the top five yet. Because talent wise, like it's interesting. Talent, yes. It's interesting that he's not more involved in the conversation of the best player in the game, and it is because he's hurt all the time. But if he was not, it would be so easy to put him in the top five because he he puts up numbers when he's healthy that are Juan Soto give you $50 million a year numbers. And on top of it is his versatility as an athlete. So I just, I just remembered a player and I, I, we haven't even talked about him at all this year. And I don't even know if he's, if he's playing, how he's playing, what he's doing, but he's looking at it right now. He's a super stud and we, we forget how good this guy is. Michael Conforto. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. By the way, the, no. du- the Ducks checked in on him. Little fact. Oh, and the, the, uh, the last guy on my cold list before we go into this, Christian Yelich, 125 batting average, 243. Bellinger has also declined since he was hitting well. Yeah. Uh, Not quite as bad, though. Another guy who can stake a claim to being one of the top five to ten players in the game who who has kind of faded from conversation, mm-hmm. Manny Machado. 
He got he got overshadowed by Tatis. Manny Machado right now this season, as is currently this second, thousand twenty two OPS. Thousand twenty two OPS. Who at at third base shortstop? He's slugging five seventy seven. He's got a three sixty six batting average. Leading the NL in hits as well. 26. Like let's 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 make a pause. Like this is my this is to me my point. Because because Machado to me is a guy who we forget about. But he's clearly one of the top players in the league, and depending on the le- the year in which you're trying to look at him, he's been a superstar. Yeah, at points in time in his life, he's been top five in MVP voting three times. Yeah, and then Tatis. If t- when Tatis comes back, who would you rather have, Acuna or Tatis? So that's where that's all. That's, so that's a mm, that's a same, same level. Player. I think Acuna is a better overall player. I think so. Tatis was magical Tatis as a many, shortstop. Yes, if but he still has a lot of holes as a shortstop. If, if he's an outfielder, which is what supposedly he's maybe moving to in the not-too-distant future, you're now talking about two outfielders going against each other, one guy who has way more pop. Right? Yeah. Acuna is, is a big banger. Mm-hmm. But so, again, my point is just there becomes after those four intriguing players, there's a lot of guys. And yep. we didn't even mention Bryce Harper in any of that. Because no, Bryce Harper's very a, clearly not a top five player. But he won MVP. Yeah, he's no. borderline not top ten. Yeah. And he won the MVP. Like, I get it. Like, we talk about his ups and his downs. I, I At the peak of his game, he is a, he's a very good player. At the peak of his game, he's absolutely a top ten player. Yeah. For sure. At the peak of his skills, he, is, he, he encroaches the top ten. But, like, winning an MVP to me sometimes is not just were you the best player in the league. It, it's a combination of a lot of different things all encapsulated together. And Bryce gets the benefit of that. He's been a phenom since he's 16 years old. Where do you think MLB.com has Tatis ranked? As a player? Yeah. Three. That's correct. <laughs> they have Harper's five. Bill loves his top ten I know, list. I know. What? Did you look it up or that? No, that's, that, that's off, the, off, off my brain. Don't, don't you guys hate the fact that that's I, funny. I did it, right? That's so annoying. Uh, Juan Soto at four. <laughs> Juan Soto at four. Harbor five. Mookie at six. Degrom seven. Vlad eight. Freddie at nine. Which you didn't even talk about Freddie. Which I said a thirty-two-year-old yeah. first baseman yeah, you yeah, can yeah. hit. Yeah. Uh, they have Acuna right after him at ten. And then Judge, Scherzer, Turner, Correa, J. Ram, guys like that. Machado at eighteen. Machado above Arenado. Little little interesting thing for you. Do you think Mookie? Uh, is still that player? I don't think Mookie is talked about enough, truly. Well, I, I don't mean, know what right his stats now, are right, right, now. right now. I know why he's not talked about because he's got a 666 OPS. That's what I'm saying. I didn't I, I didn't think his start was that good. Batting 209. He still still walking. What did he finish the season last year? Last year, 8, 854 OPS. So he might he might be falling off a little as a as he leads the league and runs. Which is fine, but that's also not entirely on him. That's him batting leadoff for one of the best that's, teams in baseball. That's his OBP being, like, decent. And that's my thing. Mookie has lost, like, he was a center fielder. Now he's kind of a, a, a corner. And, like, when he was that, you, you thought about him differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Because defensively he made up for things. Yep. I think he's maybe a def- better defensive player than Acuna. But I would say Acuna is a much more dangerous offensive player now than Mookie. So, yeah. like, Mookie's lost a little. That, that's why, to me, I don't necessarily think that Mookie's in that high. Mm-hmm. But also, Bry- Bryce Harper, to me, is the most polarizing player in terms of how consistently he is great. Because, like, it, it just, you, you, you look at the, 
at the player. And I don't know if it's always that massive eliteness. Yeah. Yeah, and, I do get that feeling, which that's why I say with, like with because now you're talking about pitchers and yeah, no, I don't want to. Yeah, we're talking pitch, uh, if we're talking pitchers. purely position yeah, players, yeah, yeah. he's definitely the top ten because his peak is so high. Mm-hmm. But I, but, but is it just his peak? Because you look at his career OPS at nine fifteen. Yes, he has the couple seasons where he's over a thousand, but he also has a couple that are in the high eights, mid to high eights. Like well, that's still is, a very solid. But is player. mid to high is a mid to high eight OPS outfielder. The, what we're talking about for top five? If you're not including his current like season right now, his his career OPS is an eight ninety. How? And and this is my point, right? Juan Soto's career OPS is nine seventy six, right? Mm-hmm. But his worst OPS season, not counting this year, because that's what's pu- pulling his average down right now. Yep. He's got an eight fifty five OPS. His worst OPS year is nine twenty three, and that was his rookie year. So like we're talking, his rookie year is the worst of it. And then if you look at Bryce Harper's worst year. We're talking about 700 OPS guy. You said it's not including this year for Soto? Yeah. That's a 981 OPS. For who? Juan Soto. No. For as a career. His Well, as a career, right. Yes, yep. So then I'm saying it lifts if you take this out. Yep. Right? And, th- and that's and that's my thing. Like you, But you look at Bryce Harper, you got an 817, an 854, a 768, an 814. Right? Like, yes, the 880s exist. Right? The 900s exist. But part of me is some of his numbers are now that he's in Philly. Like you have to juxtapose the fact that if, if you're an 880 OPS guy when you were playing with the Nationals, that's at least a 930 OPS if you're playing half your games inside of one of the smallest, easiest to hit home run parks in the entire league. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's the Yankees thing, right? Rizzo hits three home runs. He's never done it before in his life. He never played in a peewee league. Yeah. He's in a peewee stadium now. It's three fourteen down the line. Like Dennis could accidentally hook, you know, three in a game. Dennis got some pop. I'm saying, yeah, three in a game though. Like, so we'll so see. Do, we'll find out next Wednesday. That, that's why Warning to me, track power. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why to me, like the inflated OPS for uh, Harper recently mm-hmm. is just because he had the, he's had the ch- the stadium change, right? And it's easier for him to do some of those things. Sure. So I, I to me, I, I I think Bryce is a top ten guy. I just don't place him in the top five because he's shown that his down yeah. is outside of the elite zone. Right, and his average is average. Right. Yeah. We're talking about Acuna right now, and Acuna's like worst OPS year is what? I had it. Hold on. His worst OPS year was an 883 in 2019. Right, when he was 21. Yep. Other than that, he's 917, 987, <laughs> nice 917 in his rookie year, <laughs> which, is which, is, right, which is why he was the rookie of the year, <laughs> which is, which is, um, same as Soto, I believe. Juan Soto's rookie year, he had a 923 OPS where he came second to, to Ronald Acuna in rookie of the year voting. Right. And, and that's my thing. How does he finish with a better OPS and doesn't win rookie of the year at that point? Ronald Acuna actually didn't lead the league in any statistic in his rookie year. Neither did. Was that the year the Nationals won, or was that a different year? 
The Nationals won in 2018, I believe. Yep, that was that hit yeah. of the year. They won because all of a sudden they had a 900-plus OPS rookie. They sure did. Who was 19 years old. That's right, old. and he crushed it in uh, in the playoffs, too. And that and that's my thing. That that That's why, to me, Soto is that difference maker. Mm-hmm. But Acuna is a better player right now, historically, than Bryce Harper. Oh, for sure. So, like, yeah. that's why, to, like, I don't know how Bryce gets up that high. Um, and, and, again, I, Manny Machado wasn't even in that list. I think he was 18 on it or something. And, and that's my thing is, like, what? Dudes get forgotten because of celebrity of other people. Yep. So and not because of the player themselves. Have a good personal brand, guys. Right. When he started, when when he first came over and he goes from Baltimore to the Dodgers, right? And then the Dodgers to San Diego. Whenever you change teams, you change leagues, you you decline usually, right? But then 2020, 950, last year 836, this year 1,000. And he plays a more premium position than a guy like Harper. But, like, they're they're similar players. Mm-hmm. And Harper gets the benefit of playing in a smaller park. Yep. So, that's just me. For that's sure. just my two cents. That's a lot of top fives. Let's get into the top five teams that you Ooh. wanted to get into. I want to get into this because I want to hear everybody else. Okay. Who is the best team in the league? I'm not running this top five. This is well, you I thought you, Didn't you have a, a, a list or a comp or something? Well, I have, a, I have a comp because ESPN put out this morning their top five. Okay. And and, and I, I, I'm going to go off the top of my head to see if I can remember exactly what they had written. The number one team in the league they had was the Dodgers. The number Fair. two team was San Francisco Giants. The number three team was the Toronto Blue Jays. The number four team was the New York Mets. The number five team potentially was the New York Yankees. Who did you say was two? Two was San Francisco Giants. Yep, you had it. Nailed it? Yep. Good. Memory was on point. boy. Here is my problem. The Giants lost three out of four to the Mets last week. The Mets have more wins than the Giants and the same amount of losses. Correct. How are you putting the Giants ahead of the Mets? Run differential. I can't you miss me with run differential because that comes down to who you played. When you played head to head, you went three, one and one and three. Well, well, hold on, because I think I cracked the code. Um, when it comes to the list, it was yes. the Dodgers number one, yes, plus forty four run differential. Who was number two? The Giants, Giants. Yep. plus forty four run differential. Mets were number three. No, where were the Mets? Four. The was three. Uh, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Ah, uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah, they're uh, plus two, so that that ruins the code. And then the Yankees were after the Mets. Yeah, the Yankees are plus twenty one. And I think the Yankees right now are outplaying the Blue Jays. And if I had to put my list together right this second, I would go Dodgers. Because I think the Dodgers do have a more talented team than the Mets. Mm -hmm. I would go the Mets because the Mets have been the best team in baseball. After all of that, I would go Yankees at three. Because I think the Yankees have been a a, a better team playing a pretty difficult schedule. Then I would go San Francisco. Then I would go Toronto. And that, and that to me would be a better, a better idea of where I think things are. Because who did San Francisco just play? San Francisco Giants. Because coming off, coming off playing the Mets. Uh-uh. So before the Mets or after the Mets, you want? After the Mets. So after the Mets, San Francisco played Washington, won all three games. Played in Milwaukee once. So hold on. So hold on. So you you go against the Washington Nationals, who are showing up to be a bad team. 
Like, they're a bad, bad team. Mm-hmm. They're potentially in the hunt for the worst team in baseball this year. Yeah, they mollywopped Washington, though. So so that's my point. So go ahead and mollywop. What was the scores in the games? Uh, game one was 7-1. to one. Uh, game two was five two, and game three was twelve three. So, so you're the 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 plus in baseball for where you just went in that series alone, you were nine nine eighteen. You were plus eighteen in three games. So that's why you have the best run differential. You just played a terrible team. Then they played a one off against the Brewers, four to two. You win games, you get there. Mm-hmm. You played a, the Athletics. You won eight to two, and then you lost one zero. But when you look at that whole stretch where they were just now, that's why they're up. I, and I, I think that that's a fabrication on where you're at. Yeah. Because when you played a good team, i.e. when you played the Mets, you lost. Who'd the Mets just have to go against? Cardinals. We talked about it. Cardinals mm-hmm. 9-5 and five coming into that series. One of the better teams in baseball. Yep. Top 10 team. Lost two out of three to the Mets. And, and, that, and that's, that's why for me – the Dodgers are the are the the kings of the castle because their pitching's great and their hitting's great. Everything is on point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible team, and we knew that. The Mets deserve to stay at two. They've they lost one game. Like they yep. haven't lost a series. Absolutely, no team has been able to win more games against them than they won against the other. Mets don't get to the Dodgers until next month. The Mets actually have an interesting schedule coming up. We have Phillies, right? Phillies, Braves. Yep. Phillies again, Nationals, Mariners, Cardinals, Rockies, Giants, Phillies, Nats, Dodgers, you're Padres. Gonna, We're playing a bunch of real teams. You're going to know, but here's the thing, right? Who's not real right now in the National League? Like you think the you're you're saying the Phillies and the Braves they both have losing records right now. Fine, but right? they they always play tough against it. Like it's, well, it's in division, it's a, it's a division team. Yes, and we're, again, yeah, yeah. the Phillies we expect to be around five hundred. Things go a little bit right. They mm-hmm. go, things go a little south. They go down. Sure, but the Braves won the World Series. Everybody expects with Acuna coming back, everything yep. else that team should be tough. The Brewers twelve and seven. The Cardinals ten and seven. The Giants 13-6, Padres 12 and 6, pa- uh, Padres 12 and 7, Dodgers 12 and 6, Rockies 10 and 8. It's tough in the National League right now. We're playing the Mariners. But I'm saying didn't you also say that they have the Rockies coming up? We do the Rockies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we play the Mariners after we play the Cardinals again. Right, so I, yeah, but, yeah. but so we have to say I was staying in the NL. I was just saying in the NL. You move out of that and you go to the Mariners. Yeah, they're 11 and 7. And they're they're competing for some titles, but the, the AL Central, it's the Twins at 10 and 8. Yep. Right? You look at the AL East, that's a solid division. Mm-hmm. Good teams. Absolutely. You look at the West, Angels, 12-7 and seven Mariners. Like, ath- athletics we think might be sneaking in on some stuff. Yep. But right now, at this point in time of the season, we don't know who's great. But no. that schedule coming up, the Mets have only played seven games at home. Yep. The bulk of their schedule has been on the road. The Mets' June in general is going to be interesting. The, the end of May, we have Cardinals-Giants, and then... Phillies, Nats, cool, but beginning of June is Dodgers, Padres, Angels, Brewers. Well, welcome to things are just going to be tough. It's yep. it's it's professional sports. Yep. But uh, and and listen, if if they go through that stretch and and have a really solid set of series, that's that proves to me that they're a solid team. Well, but the point. the the against the Phillies and against the Braves, Mets are home. I don't know. Yeah, I think the I think this is a home stand coming up. That would make sense. Yeah, because we're on if, the West Coast. If right the now, Mets win, West-ish. if the Mets go two and three, three and one against the Braves, right? 
at home, at home. They're home against all of them. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying, but if they if they at home, if they hold court, they lose one game in each series to win the series. The division's almost over. That is an interesting. Like, I mean, listen, the Mets had a nice little lead at the, at the All Star break last no, year. No, 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 no. If the this is a vastly different thing. Last year, at that exact same point in time, you had backups squeaking away wins. You did not have the plus minus that the Mets are currently rocking. Mm-hmm. You did not have a lot of the things like the Mets have people healthy and are beating other good teams. No one is beating them. Last year, you you might have snuck a couple series mm-hmm. against some teams. But you, like the Mets could like casually be like eight games up. Or if in, the Mets go two and one against the Phillies at home, right? Yep. That would put them at sixteen and seven. Yep. Right. Correct. If they then win three out of four games against the Braves to win that series, right? You're at nineteen and eight. But what that also would do is the Phillies would be four games under five hundred. Or three or four games under 500. The yeah. Braves would be four or five games under 500. That's a tough road to hoe moving forward. Because mm-hmm. you'd be talking about the Braves with nine wins and the Mets with 19. And we're, we haven't even gotten started yet. The Mets are going to make a trade. Like, we all know this, right? Yep. The trade is coming. Mm-hmm. Cano is potentially getting released soon. Yeah, dude, they're they're done with him. Cano I, is everywhere I'm seeing is like, yo, you have to cut his playing time. It just can't happen. You have to. Dom Smith's been lasering balls just at guys. Yep. JD Davis has been lasering balls just at guys. You have to stop giving it bats to Cano, who has not barreled a ball in in several years. He just looks years. bad at the plate. Looks bad purely. everywhere. That it's an interesting thought. I mean, obviously, baseball is a long season. Anything can happen, but. To be down, call it nine or ten games in the division early, that hurts. It's early. not what you want. Not what and, you want. And the Mets haven't played at home yet. Yep. Like, what, uh, they've sh- played seven. Right, seven. But what are they on the road? Uh, nine and four, that's 13. So they, They've played double the amount of games away. And they have a seven-game series coming up, which will match them home and away. So that's my point. They, if they hold court at home, which if they hold their record, they're five and two, that means that they – my my thing that I'm telling us that they're gonna go is five and two. Mm-hmm. If they go five and two again to be ten and four at home. It's starting to get get dark out there in the in the NL East. Unless because you're that, the Marlins, because the Marlins would be second. Marlins are um, in second. They right are. Now. So what I'm saying they're ten and yeah. eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. The the Marlins would then be the only other team with a winning record, and the Mets would then go to Philly, and then after Philly they go to the Nationals. Yep. Yeah. Philly better watch out. You got to start to win. This is going to go sideways mm-hmm. really fast. And by the time the Mets get to the Philly series at Philly, potentially Jacob DeGrom could be back. Jacob DeGrom potentially could start throwing in the next two weeks. <clears throat> As MRI looks good, I forgot to put that on here. MRI looks good. Everything, they're going to go through a little whatever beginning of the rehab process, and then he starts throwing, and then to fast track him, maybe call it, see it. Uh, beginning of June, you, you see him back on the bump. I like that a lot. Things considering the Mets, ERA as a team, their starting their starting pitching has been like a two something. Well, here here's the other here's the other question that that has to has to come up at some point in time. Who's your starters? The toughie, the toughie. Uh, it's Cook, obviously Cookie DeGrom looked sh- terrible yesterday. Yeah, but up to that point, he pitched really well. Sure. So I'll give him one, you know whatever one bad start. Good offensive team in the Cardinals. Taiwan's coming back. Yep. But Peterson was rocking a .63 ERA. He leads the team in ERA and he's in the minors right now. 
But he's only in the minors because they wanted to rotate a pitcher out. But but they because they have too many starters. Yep. Right. You're in yep. a situation where we have too too many guys. Mm-hmm. If the Mets get Degrom back and he's feeling good, do the Mets trade a starting pitcher? Do they trade Jacob Degrom? Stop it, Dennis. No, this is a serious conversation. We're trying to win a World Series here. <laughs> well, what if just hypothetical? Go ahead, give it to me. I love hypotheticals. Because we talk about teams looking for starting pitching. Obviously, the starters have been fine so far. Don't say fine. What starters if there is a, elite? Well, I'm saying elite this is the other word you're team. looking for. Okay. What if the Angels are like, hey, we'll give you one of our outfielders that we have here. So you have you Trout, you have Marsh, you have whoever. Nope. Don't need nope. an outfielder. Nope. I'll okay. take a reliever, please. Nope. Just a thought. The the only player that I would – so the Angels wouldn't trade Trout, mm-hmm. right? Obviously. So the Mets wouldn't trade DeGrom for Trout. First that's, off. that's just a doubt. So if that was your hypothetical – That was just a thought. The, the, it's a, it's the, a bad thought. They – it would be great for the Mets – it, it wouldn't help. It would diminish them by so much offensively that I don't know if it would end up being a net positive, even if your pitching staff did become great. Um, Let's see. However, no, I, I'm. Well, my, you're also forgetting McGill. No, McGill's staying in. I don't okay, think cool. there's McGill's any. McGill's are four. If if you five? look, at McGill genuinely is the is the three. Not Bassett. No. Yeah. McGill's no, the three. No, Bassett's obviously the three. One hundred percent. McGill's the three. No, McGill's too easily moved. <laughs> he's he's a rookie. Bassett's been like is a veteran pitcher with. He's a, he's one of the dogs on the Mets right now. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, and but I, I, I'm not saying ass. I'm not saying that 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 Bassett. Oh, Taiwan's, going. Pitch, Taiwan's pitching on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that that Bassett is going anywhere. I'm saying that I don't know if Bassett's the three. You look no, at all Bass the analytics. If you look at all the analytics and all the things that anybody would show you about who's pitching well, in, in Mag- a, McGill's stuff has been been elite. It's been good, sure, but it's been a, better than Bassett's stuff. I, I don't think at this moment that he's R three. I think he still has a lot to prove for it to even be in the conversation. He's a four, sure, and R five. We have three guys in a battle for it, really, but also I, comfortably. I have no problem having a six-man rotation. So, but so here's here's my. I, I, I want only, everyone to be healthy. The only problem I have is I don't think Scherzer would like it. I don't think Bassett would like it. Yep. Right. Degrom doesn't care, but I think it would help Degrom. But I think Degrom's going to be fine because he's going to get to pitch the back half of the season, not the front half. But I could also see a very simple concept of Degrom gets an extra day off and they throw Peterson. Well, the Mets or have whoever. no lefty starter. Right. That's what I'm saying. Which is why I think Peterson's going to get a shot to come back. I, I hope he does because he actually has electric stuff. But then you have a situation where you have Peterson, Walker, Carrasco are going to be fighting for the fifth role. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. My my question is, who do the Mets move and where? Because I don't think you trade – you can't trade two of them, right? You have to keep one of them, but I think you move Taiwan Walker potentially as the guy who could move to a relief role. Yes and no. I actually could see a world where McGill goes to the relief role because he throws the hardest. He throws the hardest, he throws think, the hardest think, ball in them. But he's a better pitcher than them. That's fine. But if you want a lefty in the rotation, I don't think Peterson's good out of the pen. But I, I don't think that you can take. I don't think you can take McGill out for Walker or Carrasco at this point. Yeah, but uh, Carrasco, I'm not moving to the pen. He's definitely a right. Starter. But that's but my. I would trade Carrasco. Carrasco would be the guy I move. Carrasco would actually be the easiest to move. I think Carrasco because his contract's up, right? 
He's making a bunch of money, but he's a savvy vet that another team could look at and mm-hmm. say, hey, we need this. That gets the Mets from seven starters to six. Yep. They could figure that out. Mm-hmm. Peterson can stay in the minors. He still has options. They could do whatever they need to up-down Cook, him. Yeah, Cookie's actually the least interesting of all the starters yeah. to me, by far. Yeah. Because Taiwan, like, although he only threw two innings in his first start, looked real nice. And Taiwan? And, he, and his upside, is we saw in the first half of last year, is there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I can see that. I don't know when that move happens or what we get for Cookie. I personally would like a lefty reliever for him. And I think that's the thing. Like I, I yeah. actually can see Cookie plus gets a cookie plus a couple things gets, gets us a, a nice a, a reliever nice lefty yeah, reliever i agree and i think that you got to look at a team that currently is missing starting pitching but has an elite bullpen <laughs> who has a surplus of bullpen who has a surplus of bullpen yeah. and might be interested in you know a veteran starter a veteran starter that'll give you a when was the last time strong. they made a trade together a couple weeks ago yep that's right okay i'm stupid Okay, Joelly. It's not like it, it wasn't. A, we got it. Wasn't a it's big not like one. you're on a baseball podcast. Did you hate that trade or no? No, I loved the trade. Okay. Um, I think that we like the first couple weeks. You were like, oh, but the, his uh, he's actually not bad. His last few appearances, he's been great. Also, the, and the they Mets needed a lefty. We've also brought up a couple relievers from AAA that are solid arms, mid nineties yep. guys with some good stuff. Reed Foley's done though. So. Cut him. Yeah. He, See ya. He's up and down. Um, and again, that the biggest problem that they've had is somebody they threw in the Diamondbacks uh, series. I forget his name. Um, really looked solid. He he had a couple of cups of coffee with the Bigs. I think with the Phillies or something. But I forget his name now. But he he kind of shoved a little bit. And I think I think they're going to experiment with that first, trying to find a young guy that they can just bring up and be like, okay, we don't have to trade anybody. Um, well, real quick, speaking of just like, and I want to get these last couple things out before we end this exceptionally long podcast. Oh, we still have one more thing to hit before we end. Dylan, this. Dylan Le- uh, Lesko, right? We're, we're now going young guys, minor leagues. Yeah. Dylan Lesko was supposed to be the top pitcher in the upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. And he's a high school kid. He's getting Tommy John. Yeah. That sucks for a kid who's in high school to get Tommy John That's at this point super in time. Unfortunate. That's yeah. the worst, right? You go from being, I'm going to be drafted in the top 10 out of high school to who the heck knows. Uh, going outside of that, we just played against the Cardinals. Guy who is mashing in the minors, who I think is about to get pulled up, Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman was a third base prospect for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They moved him to second when they traded for Nolan Arenado. In 68 plate appearances, he's batting 312 with a 368 on base percentage and a 721 OPS, uh, a slugging percentage. He's got nine extra base hits, eight home runs. He is 21-year-old second baseman with nine home runs already in the Don't minor Don't they already leagues. have a gold glover there? They, they're going to bring him up, and they're going to ultimately end up probably, I would assume, Pop in the outfield putting him in DH. Or DH. True. He's a lefty bat, and he can oppose uh, uh, having uh, Albert. Albert can go against lefties. You can have Nolan go, uh, go against righties. Nolan can play a little bit of third base when Arenado needs to take a break, and then mm-hmm. he can also play second. So you can get him at bats amongst all of those different things. Mm-hmm. Now, that that parlays for me into other players who are absolutely mashing baseballs mm-hmm. uh, in the minor leagues right now is Francisco Alvarez. Uh, Mets prospect Francisco Alvarez has a two ninety five uh, batting average, a 1,078 OPS as a 20-year-old catcher in double-A. He has been absolutely torching 
the baseball. Uh, he is getting ready to move up. And then Brett Beatty, uh, another Mets prospect, absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, uh, batting 321 uh, with an 881 OPS as a third baseman. Super excited. Young players about to come up. Not named Bobby Wood Jr. and Julio Rodriguez and Spencer Torkelson. And also, I'm, um, all the young guys struggling right now. And Bryson Stott's another one. You oh. know who's not struggling, though, starting their career? Richie Palacios. Richie Palacios nice. came out the gate, two hits, front of the show, front of the brand. Who else we got? Who else we hitting into, Dennis? Oh, we're also we're skipping also one guy who also came up to the show. It's crushing it. Mackenzie Gore of the Padres. Mackenzie Gore is playing Shoving. very well. Shoving. Playing very I, well. I could have had him on fantasy too, and I didn't scoop him, and that was idiotic. Finish us off. What do you got? It's the A's. A's cold takes. Well, we talked about it last week uh, on their woes with attendance, and then the A's owner, not owner, uh, president of operations, something like that. I forget his title. Basically, was chirping the Giants for low attendance. Which just seemed like the dumb, like publicly, like on social media, just like like having fun. Like he just got Twitter, was like, haha, it's funny because you guys don't have attendance, and but like low key, we don't have attendance, and not you guys should figure this out. What are you doing? What are you doing? Let's let's have some some feel here. The the entire league laughs at your management of this team. Was it a troll job? You think? I don't know. It didn't seem like it. The amount of he was actually. I doing think he it, actually was just trying to say, like. Like, I think I think he was trying to be serious. Why is our attendance down? Like, I I don't know. Like, maybe San Francisco. Like, the fact it, that our toilets don't work might be a factor, but we don't talk about that. The fact that you're a, an apparent jack wagon, maybe that's you maybe hooligan. That's the, maybe that's the problem. I don't know, but they need to figure that out. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Lot covered. A lot of stuff going on. Baseball is very exciting. We'll see you guys next week. Appreciate you. Like and subscribe. Later. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle.